All right, welcome back to the Game Dev Breakdown Podcast. My name is Todd Mitchell. It is midweek, and that means we're going to talk about the business behind the games you love. And this time, we're talking about Nintendo. So buckle up, because who knows what Nintendo is ever thinking. But I'll tell you, I think I can shed some light on some questions that a lot of people have about how Nintendo goes about launching their consoles. So with that said, let's go ahead and dig right in. Before we get too far, I want to remind you about the main sponsor for the podcast, and that's Amazon.com. I don't have to go through what Amazon does, because you already use Amazon for books, fidget spinners, uh, collector's edition, action figures. I don't care what you buy. What matters to me is if you want a free way to support the show, you can do that by starting your next Amazon trip over at Play by clicking on the banner on the right side of the page or at the top of the page. Your prices won't change at all, but Amazon will throw us some support for sending you their way, and it would mean the world to us. So, again, that's Amazon.com for all of your fidget spinner and collectible needs. It's me, Mario! Alright, so we know the Nintendo Super NES Classic Edition drops September 29th. It's going to ship through the end of 2017, and then we don't really have any guarantee that it's going to be available in 2018 or beyond. We know it's going to cost $80 at launch time. It's going to ship with two controllers, which is nice because the NES Classic only came with one. And it's going to have 21 games that includes the never-before-released Star Fox 2. And anyone who knows me personally knows that I love Star Fox. I used to play it as a kid, and I thought that it was the height of technology and human achievement. And if you look back at it now, you know that's kind of silly, but I would love to try Star Fox too. However, I don't even know if I'm going to attempt to buy one of these things, and I'm not alone. Now you're playing with power, superpower. The SNES Classic has already proven... Super difficult, maybe impossible to buy, much like we saw with the NES Classic Edition. We only have the option of pre-ordering now, but pre-orders have already sold out numerous times. Uh, It's currently unavailable on Amazon. It can't be bought anywhere else I looked. So by all indications, we may be looking at a repeat of the problems we had with the NES Classic. I'd be lying to you if I said that, you know, the overall level of demand certainly is greater than we anticipated, right? That's why we're, we're suffering through the shortages out there in the marketplace. Some of the problems that plagued the NES Classic release, Nintendo, and this is according to Polygon, they only manufactured the NES Classic from November 2016 through April 2017. So that's not very long to manufacture a console. They apparently only sold about 196,000 units in November, launch month, despite super high demand, and apparently they only shipped about 2.3 million total consoles. That's actually higher than I would have guessed. If you had asked me how many I thought they sold in total, I would have guessed 800,000, because nobody I know has one, except for uh, I have one friend who owns one, and uh, we'll, we'll circle back on that a little bit later on. Now, Nintendo swears up and down. This is not going to be the same problem we had with the NES Classic. Nintendo put out a press release, which Engadget wrote about, 
And they quoted Nintendo as saying, We aren't providing specific numbers, but we will produce significantly more units of the Super NES Classic than we did of the NES Classic. Now even then, they still say they don't have anything to say about the possibility of buying this thing after the end of the year, 2018 or later. So based on the fact that you can't buy it now, you won't be able to buy it after New Year's Eve, it really seems like we're going to have the same problem, right? So you're probably asking yourself, why would Nintendo behave this way with a product they know that everyone wants? Certainly every Nintendo fan over the age of 25. To answer this question, I think we have to go back and look at Nintendo's complete history in the console market. So I'm going to take you back. Let's really break down their strategy from the beginning. Will you be the one to experience the Nintendo Entertainment System? Comes with Rob, Zapper, Control Deck, Two Controllers, Gyromite, and Duck Hunt. So to put this in the right perspective, you have to think about Nintendo as if they are your grandfather or great-grandfather who lived through the Great Depression, and they're terrified to part with money, which is understandable because they've seen horrible, horrible things. This is sort of a product of having been around for so many decades, for over a century. When Nintendo first wanted to get into consoles, it was right after they had experimented with arcades and they were actually very successful all of a sudden in arcade games. So they decided the best thing to do was move straight into home consoles, which did make sense because now people could take home playable versions of their favorite arcade games. The problem with this was that this was immediately after the console crash of the early 1980s, which was, if you're not familiar, uh, caused by Atari, and maybe we'll do an episode about that sometime. So Nintendo wasn't stupid. They, they know there was a console crash and they know things were serious. So they approached the, the release of the Famicom, or the family computer, as they call the NES in Japan. They approached this with extreme caution. They were very careful during development and launch, and still, they almost immediately had to have a product recall because of a bad chipset that made the systems crash. So it wasn't until they reissued the Famicom that console started to gain popularity and build momentum over the course of like the next two years. So two years later, Nintendo wants to get into this business in the United States. When Nintendo announced this to the U.S., the game's press in the United States was still super doom and gloom about the console crash. And uh, one magazine, Electronic Games, actually said, The video game market in America has virtually disappeared. This could be a miscalculation on Nintendo's part. So famous words in American history. Uh, based on this response, Nintendo had to develop a marketing strategy for a market that basically did not want its products. It's worth saying this was also a time when retailers and consumers in the U.S. were uh, very put off by the idea of Japan coming in and introducing their technology and maybe hurting jobs and hurting our economy, which, you know, sort of silly, but there, there was actually some resentment among American consumers at that time. So Nintendo had to be super legit with everything they did, or they were just going to fail. This is when they decided to develop the famous product approval and licensing system, which gave us that, remember the uh, Nintendo seal of quality you would see on the on your Nintendo cartridges? This is when they decided to call the NES the Entertainment System, the Nintendo Entertainment System, instead of the video game system, perhaps, or something, including the, the term video game is what they wanted to get away from because American consumers didn't want to purchase video game stuff for the house because of 
because of their lack of confidence in video game products. This is why they call it a control deck instead of a console. They call the game carts game packs instead of like video game cartridges. This is also when they made the conscious decision to market to kids instead of adults. Uh, kids love video games. They're not concerned about the economy or the market. This is why Nintendo focuses on being family friendly to this day. It's also why Rob, the um, robotic operating buddy, was included in the system to make it seem like it's a sophisticated toy instead of a console. And to even get the NES into stores, despite all this, the president of Nintendo had to work out a deal with retailers that retailers could stock the Nintendo for the holiday season. Anything they didn't sell during the holiday season, they could return to Nintendo no risk for full refunds, and that was the only way they even agreed to carry the NES. So holiday season 1985, Nintendo sold about 50,000 consoles, which was only half of what it manufactured. So this was their first real launch disaster. They're stuck with half of the units they made, which they made no money off of. So let's move on to 1990. Our video game industry is hotter than ever this season, and one good reason, Nintendo has introduced some hot new toys. But have things gone a bit too far? On Wednesday, November 21st, 1990, Nintendo launched the Super Famicom, or the Super NES, over in Japan. This time they decided only to ship 300,000 units total, and it was gone within hours. This caused so much chaos that the Japanese government asked game manufacturers to plan all their future console releases on weekends so that it wouldn't cause so much of a disturbance during school and during the work week. So notice how Nintendo does all their main releases on Friday now when everyone else does Tuesday releases? This may have been the start of that trend. Interestingly enough, the SNES launch also apparently caught the attention of the Yakuza. So Nintendo <laughs> shipped all their uh, consoles uh, secretly in the middle of the night. When they wanted to launch the SNES in the U.S., they did so in super limited quantities until an official nationwide launch. So they just trickled the product to the market until they felt comfortable doing their full launch. So as you can see, even, even back in the 90s, they had already been scared witless about doing big console launches. Let's go on to 96. It's the new Nintendo 64. So what's the big deal, and why is Toys R Us already sold out? We have the answers. The Nintendo 64 was released in Japan on June 23, 1996. I didn't verify, but I'm sure that was a Friday. Again, they launched a shipment of 300,000 units, which all sold out on the first day. The launch in the U.S. went about the same way, and I actually remember this because I was like an early teenager at the time. My best friend's family bought him a Nintendo 64. He couldn't play for months because even the RF adapter, which would turn, you know, one kind of connection into another... Even that adapter was sold out for many months, and his parents refused to pay like 60 bucks for one, so he just couldn't play the Nintendo 64. Once they got it running, it completely took over our lives until, I would say, high school graduation. Now, the GameCube launch was sort of an interesting exception. It launched in Japan on September 14th, 2001, probably a Friday. 500,000 units were made available, which I assume they still sold out. The North American release was actually delayed almost two weeks, so they could have a full 700,000 units available for launch. And if you recall, no one was really complaining too much during the GameCube launch. 
for whatever reason, this did not teach them a lesson and did not make them any more confident than they ever were because the Nintendo Wii launch was worse. That's a monster-sized understatement. The Wii game is a retailing phenomenon. You can't just walk into a store and buy one because stores can't keep them on the shelves. The staff at this Best Buy turns dozens of Wii people away every day. It released in September of 2006 to widespread shortages in the UK and online. And then uh, I don't really recall what happened with the Wii U because nobody cared. <laughs> in the, uh, well, we all saw how the Switch release has gone. Like I keep saying, I've still only seen a Nintendo Switch in person like one time. And that was at Target and they had two of them. And I didn't want to stand there and make it like a buy or no buy decision because honestly, the Switch still isn't that appealing. I can play Breath of the Wild on the Wii U if I care enough, and uh, there isn't too much else to do. Mario Kart, which I can also do on the Wii U. Thank you so much for playing my game. So, what the hell, right? Basically, right or wrong, in sickness and in health, Nintendo is absolutely unwilling to lose money. Like, not even a dollar. And the strategy of greatly under-manufacturing consoles basically guarantees that they will sell absolutely every unit they manufacture for either the desired price or higher without marking anything down or having it just sit there on the shelf. There is also some psychology here. I mean, people want what they can't have, and they want what they're afraid they might not be able to have. So by intentionally shorting the supply... Nintendo is basically handed the appearance of a very successful product without that product ever having to prove itself. A good example is how an NES Classic can grab like 250 bucks on eBay, even though the controller cord length makes the thing pretty much unplayable. Like, when my friend brought one to my house, we had to sit there on my hardwood floor like two feet from my TV, or we couldn't have used it at all. But it still grabs like four times its original worth, and Nintendo didn't have to mark any of them down. They never had to run any sales, ever. So when Nintendo executives tell us, this shortage of the SNES Classic definitely isn't intentional, I mean, there's a small chance that's true, but there's no reason to believe it. So is there an answer for this? Um, frankly, and many fans echo this sentiment as well, Nintendo doesn't need any of these devices at all. They put their big focus on their modern consoles, and those are hard enough to get, right? But those consoles have a virtual console and a virtual store where you can download games, and they almost completely ignore this. These classic games could be sold on the new platforms with no trouble at all. And people just cry out for those in the streets just all the time. But unfortunately, Nintendo figured out a way to whip us into a frenzy over what's basically a console-shaped collector disc with a couple of retro controllers. So honestly, the best thing we can do is just announce... We're not buying this, but I wouldn't hold your breath for that. And I sound like I'm coming down on Nintendo. I've been a Nintendo fan since I was a kid. I can remember when I was six or seven years old and I opened this surprise NES from my family. I was out of my mind. I remember unboxing that thing, taking a big whiff of that new plastic smell that probably kept me from becoming a brain surgeon or an astronaut later in life. But I played that thing all the time. And as I grew up, I really did enjoy following the new systems. The N64 was really important to me. Uh, never owned an SNES, and I kind of wanted to correct that now. But I tell you, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to fight with people at Best Buy. I'm not going to sit around on Amazon waiting and hoping. I'm just not going to do it. Plenty of people will, 
And Nintendo does not seem like they're going to learn a lesson from this. So the best thing we can do is just move on. All right. If you have your own thoughts on Nintendo and the way they do business, let me know. Um, reach out at Codewright Play or on Twitter or on Facebook, anywhere you can listen to the show. That's a place you can probably also reach out. Um, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play. I spent a, a good portion of the other day just trying to make sure the podcast was available everywhere that any podcast is available, and so there are a lot of new places to find it. Um, stay tuned for the weekend show. My buddy John's going to follow me over from our other podcast, and he's going to spend an evening goofing off with us, talking about news, new releases, stuff on Twitter. Uh, John and I always have a pretty good time together, so hopefully you will too. Like I said, subscribe to make sure you don't miss all that. And in the meantime, again, it's it's great having you guys along. Downloads and listens are on the rise, so I greatly appreciate that. Uh, I would probably do this either way, but it sure means a lot to do something that people are enjoying. So, so stay tuned, and you will hear from me again before the week is done. You guys keep playing. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>